Hello, and welcome to Let Your Guard Down, a podcast with myself, Peter Corcoran, where I'll be joined each week by various guests to have an open discussion about that person's path and how they ended up where they are now, with an openness around adversity, difficulty, and challenging times, as well as the more positive experiences along the way. Today, I will be joined by Keith Russell, ultra runner, record holder, and Navin native. Keith started running in 2016 with his daughter Alana, who had spastic quadriplegia cerebral palsy, and this helped them create a special bond together. Throughout this episode, Keith bravely opens up around the sudden loss of Alana, the grief that overcame him, and how he channeled this experience into becoming the inspirational athlete he is today, tackling incredible challenges whilst fundraising also for those in need. This is a really powerful, heartbreaking, yet heartwarming and inspirational story from a man who will never give up. I hope you enjoy. Keith, as I said, big thanks for coming in tonight. Have a chat with myself. Uh, you know, really, really appreciate it. Uh, how are things? Keeping all right? Great, yeah. I just didn't know I had to walk four flights of stairs to get up here. But. <laughs> I, probably, I probably should have warned you that it wasn't working. Yeah, that would have been a... I'd like to surprise any Test of the guests that come on. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I was thinking now, oh, if anybody's going to be able for LBT, so... Uh, no, I think you passed anyway. You passed the test. <laughs> but look, um, just a, a couple of questions to ask you now this evening, and we just will have a good chat. But you know, uh, you're big into the running, ultra ultra running. I'm nearly sure that's the title on the Instagram page. Has that always been the way? Was athletics kind of running always the sport you were interested in, or was it? Did you is, has that only come say in the last? maybe 10, 15 years or since a kid, has that been the sport for you, running? Not at all. Really? No, yeah. I started running in 2016. So right. I'm running about five years, yeah. That's and one of, one of them through, uh, through COVID, do you know what I mean? Yeah, so there was yeah. no races there last year, um, just training. But yeah, running five years. Like I played football, I played hurling, played a bit of golf. Mm. But once I started working 16 years of age, Football sort of fell by the wayside, do you know what I mean? Like, it was more just working. Um, and then a bit later on, then I went back playing football, uh, mm. playing Gaelic football, playing soccer. Um, but it wasn't really regularly training, do you know what I mean? Yeah. It wouldn't have been big focus on training. It would have turned up when I wanted to. It would have focused more, probably going out in the beer. Yeah, <laughs> do you know? Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. So, like, you'd be out on a Saturday night and playing football on a Sunday morning and, like, it was, it was rough. Like, yeah, it was I, rough. I, I <laughs> if anyone's really, ever yeah, done it, yeah. it's, it's not great. <laughs> <laughs> That's mental, actually, just because, obviously, like, and we'll get, like, we'll get into it further on in, in the episode here, but, like, I would have looked at, say, your profile and from when, just all the stuff that you've done over the last year or two, I was like, right, this guy is a seasoned professional, you know, he's been at this for... 30 years, 20 years, whatever it may be. But yeah. that's crazy. 2016 is only when you started. Yeah, like, yeah. It. Well, like, you know, I think I found something that I was naturally good at, mm. um, but something that I had a massive passion in. Okay. And I suppose that passion came from doing it with my daughter, Alana. Um, yeah. So that's where it originated from. But to be where I am now, like, I never... I never even dreamed of being this high up in, yeah, in, in yeah. running or, or progressing this quickly in running. Um, like I have a coach now mm. um, and it's more experience now is what I need. Yeah. Um, experience racing because like I first ultra race was in 2019. Mm. So I've, I think I've done about three ultra races Jeez, in total. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's an, as I said, an incredible jump from 2016 to, yeah, to now to where you are. And, so I suppose you touched on Alana there like yeah. and we'll this is we'll, we'll go back to say to 2016 then when you started the running was was it say tied to, to doing it with Alana or did you start out doing it kind of just for your own pleasure your own enjoyment and I know it was like Le, Le, Alana came into it then afterwards like you know when you were you did a marathon with her and yeah. that kind of thing but was that how you got into it initially or did you just choose say, oh, no, running's the sport for me, I'm enjoying it, I'm going to do this and then Alana followed? Or No, I, I got into running solely to run Dublin City Marathon with Alana in right. uh, okay. 2017. Right. Um, and it was it was basically the fundraise. 
Okay. Um, so Alana had spastic quadriplegic cerebral palsy. Mm. So we had to do a lot of fundraising for ourselves to renovate our house for her because yeah. she was completely wheelchair bound. Um, she couldn't talk, she couldn't walk, she was peg fed. Mm. So she was completely reliant on us. Um, so we fundraised, we had to fundraise 100,000 euro to renovate our house for her. Okay. So once we, once we sort of got that done, um, I basically just wanted to give back to somebody else yeah. that was in need. So Alana attended a respite care home in Navan, so mm. it's the Meadows, and uh, they had a, a bust and it was seen better days, to be honest. And we just decided to, to fundraise to, uh, for a new wheelchair accessible bus for them. Um, so yeah, we got a brand new bus for them. We raised 70,000 euro. Yeah. It's incredible, and then and then obviously ran the race then with Alana, like and I, that must have been an experience. Yeah, yeah, I've been talking through that. I'd say because running a marathon, you know, is is no mean feat anyway. But from just reading articles over the years, it seemed like it was one of the most fulfilling things you've ever done was running like something of that kind of endurance and that challenging with Alana. It seemed to be like I that special bond was obviously already there, but it really. You could it just brought it out and it was when i read the the couple of articles as i said it was just one of the most touching things i've ever seen and the the two years just look really happy really happy together just it, it's amazing so with yeah. the, that must as i said you talked me through the experience of that like what was that like that must well they say like one percent of the population runs a marathon yeah runs a marathon pushing a running chair <laughs> pushing your daughter or yeah. your child in in a running chair you're down to like they're all point zero 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 percent like do you know yeah um it really was the whole build up the whole year leading up to to the marathon um myself and alana wouldn't have been able to get too close because when she was younger she wouldn't sleep she wouldn't uh she wouldn't come to me for about four or five years okay so i could barely hold her without her screaming crying and um i think once we started running um, like I used to bring her out at night walking just in the chair and mm. she'd fall asleep and she got settled um, and I think that's sort of where I thought like once we can if we do a bit more with her mm. that we'll sort of build that little bond t together yeah. and it was something that the two of us could sort of thrive on you know um, so I started doing park runs with her um, just tilting our day-to-day -day wheelchair back on his two wheels mm. and doing the 5k around the park yeah uh, and then as i said like through fundraising for ourselves i went to a race in um a half marathon at loan mm. and i seen someone put a, a disabled running chair three-wheeler chair into it into a van and that was the the switch had clicked then yeah. to that this is what i wanted to do so from that day on then I set set the sights then to run uh twenty seventeen Dublin City Marathon. Um you know, we, we got got donated a running chair. Um as I said, we had organised right, we're going to raise money for the respite care home in Navin, um for a wheelchair accessible bus and we went out and we met Claire Keane, the, the manager and she sort of, <laughs> I wouldn't say laughed at us, but she sort of went, are you crazy? Mm. You know, they spent probably guts of a year trying to raise 10,000 euro for, for a kitchen. Yeah. Um, and we were saying that we were going to raise 70,000 euro in a year um, and, and, and get supplied them with a brand new bus. Right. But um, I think the determination that we had, um, especially the support that we had, was phenomenal like it, it sort of just took off and i wanted to have a raise before marathon day for the race yeah absolutely so if that was like the, the lap of honor um mm -hmm. and and that was the main goal and to be honest like we got donated like uh anonymous twenty thousand euro and that put us well that's yeah that was the, the final the final hurdle that we had to get to you know that was and kind of that got you two to seven yeah grand yeah yeah Great. yeah so having that sort of weight off your shoulders that you weren't still looking to raise money but uh that you could go out and enjoy the day um as i said like we 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 would have been training every week every weekend mm. we would have been down to phoenix park running um we traveled the country and we done half marathon down in castle comer we done a lot of 10ks a lot of 5ks um and like 
you know, years ago, I would have said, I'd love to run a marathon. I always yeah. said it, talking to fellas in work, I'd love to run a marathon. How do you start? Where do you start? Do you know what I mean? Mm. And then it just fall by the wayside. Then you come back around again, oh, I'd love to run a marathon. Yeah, and then yeah. you forget about it again, do you know? Um, but I think a lot of people don't realise the, the effort, um, the hours that mm. you have to put in. Um, and this is just basically to run run a marathon this isn't to, to set yourself a goal of a time yeah um you have to put an awful amount of hours in on the road during the week the weekend your long run um and as i said like been down to phoenix park with alana um doing three and four hours around the phoenix park it was just it was just amazing and would you have done say would all of the training been with alana as well like you like you know say as you said you would be you were running just well I presume you were, you were just running to get through that race there was no time goals or anything like that it was just to complete it so would you as you said you would have ran all of that training during the week um, at the weekends around the country always with pushing uh, pushing Alana is that right? No okay. um, so I would have trained during the week I would have trained on my own right because okay, yeah. I figured out fairly quick that Alana didn't like the dark okay so right. yeah yeah so that. I'd bring her out in the chair and she'd, she'd just go bananas like you know mm. um, and I don't I, I presume it was that it was getting dark and that she just she just sort of freaked out a little bit so I just didn't bring her out then mm. um, it was really Sunday mornings we'd get up at five in the morning so she'd have to be on a she was peg fed so she had to be on a feed yeah and it took about an hour for her to feed um, and then she'd have to be left an hour before I could start running with her otherwise she'd start vomiting okay so um, yeah we'd, we'd get up at five in the morning I'd grab her by the legs and drag her to the end of the bed and then we come on Lana we're going running and yeah. a big smile would come across her face so she she knew exactly mm. where we were going what we were doing and like she dozed off and she woke up and she dozed off again yeah and, yeah you know and she was enjoying the, the the sounds of the cars and the birds and the trees and other people um calling her and, and shouting at her and stuff like that you know yeah, yeah. she loved all that that's know? that's unbelievable like so you've You've run the marathon then, as I said, the experience just as you've described there sounds absolutely just incredible. And yeah. did say afterwards then, and we'll, we'll get into now, I know this is this is rough and it's, it's a bit tough to, to talk about when Alan is passing. Like, did did that running, say, the bond you had through the running, did that continue after the marathon? And then say up until Alan is passing, was that something that always kind of had you glued together? And then when we get into, say, Alana's passed and then you you must have been overcome with grief and we'll get into say then how you coped and you've managed it say going forward now if and just because I, I found it as I said from the from the articles and things I've read on you Keith it's it's incredible the strength you've shown so if you're yeah. happy to talk about it then go for it there well basically so Dublin City Marathon was my second marathon um, mm. so during the training I would have ran a marathon myself solely because I wanted to make sure I could run a marathon before I pushed before you did <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that that was in Port Dumbin at Forest Park and just how it worked out that I ended up coming first so at three, in three hours 25 um, so going going to the marathon like you're, you're full of confidence like, yeah you know, I can imagine and I was always very competitive so you know you're obviously not supposed to set yourself a goal for your first marathon but like the aim was to run sub 330 okay uh, pushing the chair so it was more like a, a challenge for myself it mm. wasn't down to telling anybody or anything because it was just a challenge for myself and obviously not to go out too hard and blow up and sort of nearly have to walk walk yeah. in you know um but like it was just it's just if you if you ever ran Dublin City Marathon, like it's just an amazing day. Like um, mm. the crowds around the streets of Dublin is unbelievable. Um, like I walk around Dublin now, and you drive on to parts of the marathon route, and you get that feel. It's like I can nearly see us yeah. running along the road. Do you know what I mean? Indies, you just visualise all that, and it's it brings back some unbelievable memories um, that we've created. Mm. And you know, they're sort of things that sort of keep me going today is yeah. is these memories that we I have built up mm. um with her. Um as you say, like Alana passed away six weeks after running Dublin City Marathon. Um the marathon was the last time we ever ran together. Yeah. We didn't even I didn't even take out the running chair after it mm. uh to go out for a run with her or anything. It just it was, it was like a 
I suppose like a, a downtime after all the training um, yeah. like it was I put like a hundred percent into training for this something I've I've never done before um, and it was solely for the purpose of raising money to make an experience for myself and for her and for my family mm. um, and you know we've we done all that and like we we moved into back into our house after fundraising for ourselves getting our house renovated we moved back in on the first of december so we had an awful lot going on yeah after it with moving and stuff like that and elana's birthday then was on the 4th of december and uh the 13th of december she she passed away um she passed away suddenly at home i was heading out the door to work and i went in to check on her and i found her dead in the bed um <sighs> massive massive shock like you know um you, it's like you know we all we i suppose we never thought that she was ever going to outlive us we always had that feeling that she she would go before us mm. um she never had, had a life expectancy but we always thought we'd we'd see a deterioration within her and um, she'd end up in hospital more or she'd be a lot sicker um mm. But she didn't. She wasn't sick at all. Um, it was just, it was like she was there one night and the next day she was gone. You know? Um, Devastating. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Devastating, like, that is, yeah. You know, and you, you, you get flashbacks of that morning, um, say, finding her, uh, ambulance coming into the house, police coming into the house, um, you know, Alana's mother trying to revive her. Um, then when the ambulance came in, you know, they took over, um, and then the doctor, the doctor came in, and you knew that he was just there to to pronounce her like, and that 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 was it, you know. And it's it's sort of surreal at the time, um, you know, you're effectively living every parent's worst nightmare. Yeah. You know, and it's how that affects you going forward, um, how you let it affect you going forward. And it affected me. It affected me in a, a negative way for for a period of time. Um, you know that you break down. You know you get up to go to work and you just can't. Yeah. You know, you're driving in the car and there's these triggers, and you just start thinking about it and you just have to pull over. You just have to stop. Like. Yeah. Um. Anytime I close my eyes, going to bed. You, you just see her, you'd see her face went from the morning that I found her mm. and you just didn't want to live anymore. You just didn't want to be here. You just yeah. wanted to, you just didn't want to wake up. Yeah. You know, just, it's I, I, oh. unimaginable is, is the only way I can describe that from, from my yeah. point of view. I, it's, I, I can't hear everything you're saying here, but I just can't even, like, I can't, imagine those feelings just that they just seem to be completely like they're devastating it's the only way scary devastating it's scary scary yeah. yeah and yeah like this this went on as you said for for a period of time which again like it's completely understandable that that would be your reaction like your yeah. complete shock and grief that that you're going through and did as you said you you, you made a very interesting point there just about how you let these things things affect you because that's yeah. I, I can only imagine Keith that that's something that could destroy I'd say 90% of people Absolutely. just finish them yeah as you said they don't want it there's no point in being around there's no point in living that's yes. it you feel like there's <clears throat> there's nothing to live for yeah you know even though if other kids there you just you feel like you have nothing to live for at all like mm. you know like how do you pick yourself up from this Um, how do you go on how do you survive you know you feel guilty for smiling you feel yeah. guilty for having fun do you know a um, bit of happiness here and there it's like it's yeah guilt. it's like yeah. yeah it's like people are looking at you as if like why are they smiling they lost their child like you know yeah. they buried their child um and I, I i've spoke to people that have lost kids as well and they felt the exact same way mm. um it's like that element of guilt um society i suppose wouldn't blame you for going into a dark place um and yeah it's 
I suppose it, yeah, the biggest bit is the element of guilt. Mm. Um, that you that you're happy and you and you're you're smiling and and you're living. Living. living I was just yeah. gonna say it's even living. Like, yeah. Right? Is that yeah, like it's like your your life? Is yeah. The, the, that's it. Absolutely. Um, you know, and then you sort of start to think like, what was the end and like for like was it? Was she in pain? Did she know? Did she mm. suffer? You know, and we didn't know any of that. You know, we didn't get any answers. Um, like we had to go through the whole inquest and everything. Like yeah. this was six, seven months after you have to go to the inquest and you get told what happened. And I think it was just a, a seizure. Okay, basically is is what happened. She she took a, a big seizure. Um, doesn't give you closure. But you know, at it, all. Would I, I can't imagine there'd be anything really that would give you closure on something like no. that. It's just it's, and then as you said, like six or seven months down the line, it's. I, I would say like but you've that's a that's a sizable gap and then to to have opening up that again yeah. is just it's incredibly tough yeah so, like, as like I said. you have to be given if the, the guards come up to the house and you have to give statements you know of from the night when i put her to bed till i found her the next day it you feel like you're a suspect of yeah, you know and you're interrogated like, yeah, yeah you question yourself then did i do something wrong because Alana was on medication, mm. um, so she was given medication every day. You know, you start to question: Did I overdose her? Did I not give her enough? You know, you're you're looking at the the syringes that you had the night before, mm. making sure that it wasn't over. Do you know there's sort of marks on it that you didn't go over that, or you yeah. didn't go under it, or did she get sick? Did she? Do you know? It's that's a whole key that I yeah. say if if there is anyone is said in, in a position like that or even different circumstances that that kind of hole if you're getting down into that hole can just be as you said it'd be very hard to come back from very hard to come back from and those thoughts are just haunting that's that's the only way i could i could describe it is just or what you're saying here is just haunting and it's my sincerest condolences to you and your family that you had to go through that and even just looking at you here face to face like my heart would bleed for you just the way you're talking about it and explaining it that you had to go through that and that you that those feelings of self-doubt that the guilt um and when you when you say uh, you, you're going through this this period there for for a couple of months uh, is it a year or two i'm not sure but for however however long that period was when you were when you were really struggling what helped you I, I don't try to phrase this correctly because I don't think come maybe come out of the hole but I know it's not like a get over it it's just what help you kind of maybe come out of that dark place to maybe it's, it's find like, a bit of a purpose again in life and well it's it's basically learning to, to deal with it mm. um, because at the end of the day like to live the rest of your life feeling like that it's a hell of a long time yeah you know they say like life is quick or life is you know got flies by when you're like that the day drags yeah. completely drags out so if you want to live the rest of your life like that you're going to be like that for a very very long time so i had to change the way i thought i had to change everything i seen mm -hmm. you know and i mean i mean by what i was seeing in my own head as in not seeing Alana the way she was then, it was seeing Alana the way we were when we were out running. Yeah. Um, when we were in the car laughing and joking. Um, when we were out on the streets, you know, uh, people waving at her, saying hello to her. You know, like she was known all over the, the country. Like, yeah, yeah. You know, um, so it was sort of getting to that way of thinking and as I said, like with with the memories that we had built up and what what I what I see now when when I drive along the Dublin City Marathon route, you know, seeing that, mm. um, that sort of started to help the process of taking myself out of that dark dark place. Like I was probably about four or five months okay. like that, you know, which probably isn't a hell of a long time, um, could be could have went on for a year or two, but. I had to stop and this is a decision that I made for myself was I had to stop that because I could feel that it, it just wasn't getting any better it just wasn't good for me like you go to I went to probably with two or three different counsellors and just thought there was a load of 
that was shite like do you know yeah, what I mean just that didn't work for you didn't yeah. you're, you're talking to somebody that doesn't know you doesn't know her mm. and basically just they're there to listen to you because they're paid to listen to you okay you know what I mean yeah and that's not taken away from their job it was just from my perspective was like they don't really care mm. you know so it was up to me to sort that out um and to drag myself out of it and that's what i done i focused back on based what what, what i was good at doing and, and that was running yeah so i'd aimed then to, to run dublin city marathon in 2018 and solely for the purpose of running for alana okay and to be there for her um and to i suppose to see that see that what we had created um, and the memories that we had built up from the year before um, but in doing that then I got a phone call to say that we had we were being awarded the Lord Mayor's Medal at the start line in 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 tw- uh, 2018 so the Lord Mayor's Medal is given to a runner that's running Dublin yeah. City Martin for a purpose um, and like I ran with Lana for like the guts of a year just over a year mm. and to be awarded this at the start line you know was just it was unbelievable um it's such an honor really that yeah, yeah yeah and was that say that was in honor the 2017 run was it yeah, yeah it was just i think it was just to honor alana for for i, I suppose for for being who she was mm. you know and I, I the way i looked at it was i was there just to pick that up for her yeah you know it wasn't for me it wasn't for anyone else it was solely to pick it up for her and when we were getting that as well, um, Jim Ogney, the race director, he retired Alana's number okay. from Dublin City yeah. Marathon, um, number 141. So that'll never be given to anybody ever again in, in Dublin City Marathon, which again, two, you know, huge honors, aren't massive, they? Like, yeah. absolutely massive, you know, and you know, you get all these things and you can't help but feel accomplishment, Yeah, you know, a yeah. sense of accomplishment. And, you know, you sort of try from that and you know you want to do more and mm. you want to better yourself and and i think from then it was more like i want to i need to build up my life experiences okay. i've ran a marathon um what one percent of the population do I, and i've ran a marathon of like 0.000 percent yeah. of the population do is run it with their with their child in mm. a running chair you know and so it was like why can't I build up more life experiences like that? Yeah. Fair enough. I, I've lost my daughter, like a massive, massive void in my life, mm. you know? And as I said, like I started running with her. So what better way to, to keep her legacy going was by just keep running and keep trying to fundraise um, and help families that have kids with disabilities mm. um, as best I can, because having a child with disabilities is a tough tough life and you don't get anything off the help board or yeah. you don't get anything for nothing without yeah. without fighting for it um so if if i could help people um sort of ease the burden you know or um like we 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 got money donated money for our house and you know you get off people that don't even know you it's like mm. strangers and you know, to feel that, getting that off somebody. Now, I we were in a place that we were doing that for somebody else. Yeah, okay. You know, and it wasn't for thanks. It wasn't for gratitude. It was just that I know what that felt like to be given something off somebody that doesn't even know you. But so that's it. Like, you can you can relate. You, yeah, you, you can relate to exactly what that person probably, as you said, has to fight with the help board for. And yeah. if they can get help, even if you know them personally or not, exactly, you can you you know that exact feeling. Yeah. Like the the amount of stress and anguish and everything else that trying to get stuff causes. Mm. You know, you you get up in the morning fighting, you go to bed fighting, just it's trying just to get absolutely stuff. Absolutely shocking. Yeah, you think about it, yeah. That, trying to get stuff just to make your child's life easier. You know, and you know we were given things and we sort of passed things on as well and. You know, people are, you're grateful for it. You oh, know, yeah. you're grateful Absolutely. for anything like that, you know. So that's what, that's basically what we try to do then after that, after for, for fundraising. Like. And even as you just said there, like it's, I, I love the way you say that you acknowledge 
what had happened with with Alana, but you also were able to acknowledge that you yourself still had so much to give because rather than say it's it's and it's I can only imagine it's such an easy road to go down where it's just as we said that there's nothing anymore I, I'm, there's nothing in life anymore there's no point to anything anymore you were able to come around and realize I can actually still offer something I can find a purpose I can do fundraisers you know I can run like you know even bring it back to a base level that you were still able to to run you know you yeah. no injuries no problems like that you could do something for something else through something you love doing yeah. and i just and we'll, we'll go through a couple because i have a couple of notes there about it just some of the challenges you did because some of them are you have to talk me through the the last one standing that's absolutely <laughs> that is incredible i was only saying to shane here before we came in i was like no i'm not sure if i had the facts 100 right but yeah but 400 odd kilometers and now is that like is that consistently or how did that work like was there breaks or because it just seems like a you know yeah the, the distance is unbelievable there's a strange format to it all right you right. know but um like that was there that was in may this year um and i qualified for the world championships now in tennessee but like my ultra running started in 2019 yeah okay so um, let's we'll go back to that then and we'll start from there right so like yeah talk me through some of the uh, some of the, the challenges you did then with the ultra running and how we got to where we are now yeah so like i would have done i done the marathon in in, in 2018 right. um and then after that i suppose it was more like sort of pushing myself more mm. um i was enjoying that time out training that time for myself like because I trained a lot on my own so the long runs on a Saturday or Sunday were on my own mm. and you're gone for three and four hours and you're it's like you're able to process so this was like my way of healing you know and this is what was helping me and this is how I was expressing myself and, and getting it out um, and that's what I was saying like I didn't need counsellors I didn't need to talk to anybody this was this was my way of getting this it out for you. Yeah, yeah absolutely like yeah you know, for the first hour, you could have tears streaming down your face, like, you know, and then after that, you focus on training, focus on, right, I have to get 30K or 40K done. Mm. So I decided then I wanted to do an ultra marathon. I came across something on Facebook as, you know, social media is yeah. great for things yeah, like that. These things, yeah. yeah, so I seen um, Dublin to Belfast right. and it was 172 kilometers. So I just signed up for it. That was in, in March of um, 2019. And again, I just done all my own training. Um, so I worked up to building mileage Saturday, Sunday. So starting with 30K Saturday, 20K Sunday, and just sort of mm. building that way. Um, and then the max I would have got up to was like, ran a marathon on a Saturday morning, ran a marathon Saturday night, and then ran, ran a marathon Sunday morning. So within 24 hours, ran 125 kilometers. You know? It's like, and just, even from say like a sporting perspective like the, the amount to say like attention that must have had to go into recovery and diet yeah. and everything like that because that's like say your legs in particular like how is it just the case that because you consistently build it up did, does it just become used to it did you just get used to that I know it was obviously we've got the the say the mental side of and the emotional side driving you on and kind of there's a purpose to it but just physically like it was your was how did your body cope with that because yeah, like that's just if like three yeah. marathons three marathons in what 24 hours is a, yeah, is a yeah. big deal you know it was a case of like my knees were sore right and it wasn't the fact they were sore because of injury they were sore because of repetition they were sore because of it was a whole new area basically yeah um and you just had to get your get like you go out the door and for about 10 kilometers you're sore yeah but after that it's fine you know, gone again, yeah, 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 yeah. So you just sort of block it out, I suppose. Um, yeah. It's runner's knee, and mm -hmm. it's the same as anything. You just, you like, I have a physio there for the last five years, and he's absolutely brilliant. Like, do you know mm -hmm. what I mean? So every week I go into him and get rub downs and stuff like that, and he keeps me right. Like, so yeah. I haven't had any major injuries, thank God. Touch wood. Like, mm -hmm. and I've been fairly, fairly healthy. Um, I do eat rice. I don't really drink. I drink the odd time. Um, yeah. This year now, especially, I've completely cut it out. Like, right, okay. Um, so, like, you notice the difference. Um, and I think, like, if you want to be at your best, you have to train to your best. Mm. Like, if I go out at a weekend, that ruins your training for the week. Yeah, yeah. You know, it just takes away from you. You're not going to train at full capacity. 
So if you want to compete against the best, you have to do your like do your the best, best you as do, in yeah. training and like nutrition, not drinking. Mm. Um and that gives you that that chance then to, to be your best, like, you know. Yeah. No, it's just as I said, it's just incredible <laughs> listening to that, like and as I said, the how your body has like how coped it. It's just I've I've never I've never heard of like ultra running, you know, it's only you're you're the first person that when I came across who has done these kind of things. Now I've probably heard of it kind of in the background, yeah. but never to that level. And so just yeah, no, I, I think that's it's just absolutely incredible. And even I really liked there was a point you made just going back a bit was that like you nearly found your your solace through running in the sense like you but you were fully accepting that like the first hour could be the one of the hardest hours emotionally yeah. you, you'd cry you'd do yeah. whatever but it was like nearly you'd get through that it, because i think that would stop a lot of people if people knew it's like if i go running this reminds me of say uh, alana i know i'm gonna cry they would be like i can't do that i can't go running you know i have to stop the running but it was like you and I embrace it embrace it yeah you yeah. embraced that but you were fully accepting that it might be rough initially but you were always kind of going to embrace it and push through and surely that's kind of like driving you on to be your best as well it's like because you're getting through those tough times to get out to to the next part which is getting to your to your best level like so it's a uh, that's yeah. just a really interesting point there just just that you made that i found like really like again incredible just that you're, you're you seem to just be very accepting that you know this is going to happen like when you're doing this but prepare to go through it anyway just to just to get to to your best level yeah yeah like even even i train now i know that a session is going to be shit you know but that's what makes you stronger yeah you know you do the things that you don't want to do and you do them the best you can Mm. um as you say there like i knew the first hour now them tears are true anger frustration sadness you know there's so many mixed emotions going mm. on there um but they all sort of come forward in one go yeah you know what i mean so it's not like you have anger for an hour then you're sad for an hour you know they just come in rotation just so so quick like and build up ball, whole, yeah. and then it's just like we're released then absolutely yeah. Yeah. yeah and you know there's you have sessions there like a tempo session or a speed session that you can really go hard and push mm. hard and physically mentally feel it and that helps all that and that, is it like are he like is it like breaking through a barrier nearly because i i i find with things like that say if you when it comes to dealing with like those sort of feelings a lot of people can't get to the stage where they actually have to feel them and deal with them and you found a way to do that is it like when you break through those feelings it, it, as you said it must just be like a, a new release that I can go really really hard at this I, I, I can do this it's like it, again a self-belief again with purpose in my life it's like no this is I know I've got these feelings I know they're incredibly hard but there's still a purpose here I can still do this like you know and I can get through it I just yeah. think yeah it's just admirable really and it's I'm really happy for you that you found that way to to process this and deal with this in that sense absolutely um like my training sessions there um like i have a, a set of a coach now he's in dubai so all my training goes up on training peaks and he'll put paces in for me mm. but that p- pace for me is like a benchmark of like right i'm going under that pace yeah you know and he knows that i know that so it's like a game of like who's going to break first right Do you know okay, yeah, is yeah. he going to feel sorry for me and go right we'll just keep it at that or am i going to go no i can't i can't push that hard yeah um so i enjoy that element of it that like it's that mental battle for for myself that um i i know i'm going to push hard mm. and i know that doing these sessions is going to make me better in the long run yeah like there's time you, you'd finish a session and you'd be just completely out on your feet like you know yeah. and you get home and you're just going that was brilliant Do you yeah. know i just love that you know and like i heard um one of the olympic athletes was on about the, the um the rule of thirds so like within a train within training like you're going to have like one third would be easy one third would be normal and one third is just going to be pure shit yeah you know and if you don't have that balance if you if everything's great you're doing something wrong yeah you're not training hard enough if everything's mm-hmm. normal you know or if everything's like shit you're training too hard and you're yeah. going to you're going to tip over the edge you know so yeah, you have to have that way. yeah you have to have that fine balance and 
look as you said like recovery nutrition all comes into it like mm. um i would sleep i'd go to bed about nine o'clock at night but i'd be up at five for work yeah so you try to get seven to eight hours sleep um i'd eat well um i had a nutritionist there recently mm. so i'd her for about six weeks and it was really just to up my carbohydrate intake because right. when i was say at the height of uh <coughs> if i was at the height of a, a training block so i'd normally be about 74 kilos on a day-to-day mm. basis and um, when I hit the height of a training block, I would probably dropped about 69. Right. You look okay. drawn, you look yeah, sick, yeah. do you know what I mean? Um, and I, I, to be honest, I didn't like it. Um, you get very skinny and I wanted to sort of keep weight on, especially as as an ultra runner. Um, you don't need to be skinny. Mm. So you need to get a bit of fat on you. Like yeah, I, I yeah. don't have much fat. It'd be more muscle mass. Like, But, you know, you need that bit of extra to keep going yeah and since i since i had her looking at my food like you up your carbohydrate intake you up your fruit and veg intake and the height of my training session there before last one standing i was still 74 kilos hasn't so lost denied when they were over the moment absolutely 100 yeah. like and you know it does stand to you in in the long I can run imagine, yeah yeah that's yeah, a big yeah. like that's a sizable drop five kilos especially like when you're trying to it's do massive. that level of running like you yeah. know that's and that's huge. where your body starts to break down yeah you know because you're you're struggling um obviously when you have no no muscle mass you have no fat on you you have nothing so you yeah. just you, you you start to get sick and yeah you're just putting yeah, your body through yeah. the mill then Absolutely. yeah and now you have you have a race coming up then in in two weeks time which is going to put your body under extreme stress like yeah um like running these ultra events it's it's crazy because you put your body not just your body but your internal organs everything under severe stress yeah doing that yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so when <clears throat> after the the dublin to belfast run right yeah that was what you say 172 yeah right okay you finished that um finished third finished third <laughs> 18 hours 20 minutes yeah and is that like is that one blog like is that one run yeah wow. 18 hours 20 minutes that's yeah. just yeah that's, I see Shane like <laughs> disbelief behind you <laughs> um, but and now again like as you said would you have been gone for time or kind of it's like is that like a yeah. time result you yeah. were pushing for I a time I go for time man yeah yeah it's not yeah. so it's not just the case of I'm doing this and I'm finishing it you know it's I, I, I you're actually got a, a tag of time to get through this to be honest it'd start off like that it'd start off that I want to do this and I want to finish it just yeah just as, to get it done yeah, yeah and then as I start training and I start building up mileage and I start running at a certain pace through my training block I'd be like right I can run I can probably run at this pace for 12 hours mm. or I can run, probably run at this pace for 20 hours do you know what I mean so I pretty much know what pace I can run at for that length of time. So the aim was just under 20 hours for the for the Dublin to Belfast, yeah. Um, and I knew I would have been in top probably five or six yeah. by doing that. But um, yeah, fin- finished third overall. It's yeah, so it's, yeah, yeah. I was delighted, yeah, delighted. Especially in the first one, like you sort of... Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, kind of like yeah. say, completing it is like an unbelievable achievement, but to, to finish third is yeah. phenomenal. Yeah. So that you've done that run yeah is was there another one say then next or like say what was it was last one standing after that or no. is it there's a couple more in between well yeah. that one after i done that one i you know you sort of you sort of get to like oh what is there another one around there's, there's not mm-hmm. that many ultra runs in ireland there's, i think there's one actually connemara right um but i've never done it but um you sort of just start looking again and i came across um energy at 24 okay. which was on into june after that so i had three months um now this was basically 24 hours running so it wasn't point to point this was like time is it just this like laps la- one, kind of like that one mile loops yeah one mile loops. Park, yeah okay. so you start at 12 o'clock in a day and you finish at 12 o'clock the next day and however mileage you cover that's that's your score like that's what oh okay so <clears throat> it's not as you said it's do I have that right? So it's not like if you're running 175 kilometers, you just keep taking over for 24 yeah, hours straight. Exactly, yeah. So it's a like a, it was like a new area. It was like a new, like it's not start and finish. Yeah. You know, this was like, you can run as fast as you want, but 
you might you mightn't last the 24 hours yeah yeah you so know? that's a proper endurance yeah, isn't it? yeah. It's, it's all about strategy then yeah. and you get people that say want to do 50 miles or want to do 100 miles or do you know what i mean or 100k and that once they get to that they'll just sit down like there's tents like the whole yeah there's yeah. tents all around and people are feeding or have all their food station and their and their crews and stuff like that and you know and and it's so easy going there's music going it's like it's like carnival atmosphere do you yeah, know what i mean yeah. and everyone's cheering everybody on and it's just it's unbelievable event like um and like i covered what i finished 10 overall 209.7 kilometers um now I was shattered. <laughs> I, was, <laughs> I, I hit the ground after that and I said, never again. Never, never uh, again would I run 24 hours, no. And like, as I said, was there any stoppages or something? I presume you've got like yeah. people are handing you water, yeah. food, like sort of supplies to keep you going because... Yeah, you have you have crews there. So like they're, they're sort of, they're giving you food and drinks and all that. And um, my aim was to probably stop every four hours and get something decent in but mm. as the time goes on you know you're walking a lap you're running a lap mm. you're dropping on the ground like I probably slept for about 15 minutes at one stage just to try and keep myself going you just, know yeah yeah and then like with ultra running then you've that you end up getting sick as well do you know did, you, and yeah. did that happen yeah you try oh, yeah, yeah. yeah every time you run you get sick yeah it's uh what happens is the heat like especially yeah. in june so it was very very warm um and again i'm still new to this so i mm. wasn't taking salt tablets so i was dehydrated um, and what happens is that your blood rushes to uh, cool all your muscles mm. your external muscles but it forgets about your core so your salt intake water intake is very very important to cool your your, your core temperature mm. and what happens is then once you're eating it you can't digest it and eventually you're just going to get sick you're just going to throw it up okay or it comes out the other end one yeah the other. So it's going to come out yeah so you're better off getting sick but yeah that was my first real experience of that um and yeah i when i finished that i was i was i was in a bad way i now, can I see why say. you would have been like yeah no, never ever again and but that wouldn't have stopped say it was just say never ever something like that again or kind of where you're questioning what am i going to do this ultra running anymore yeah it was a bit of everything yeah it was a bit of geez i i, I don't know if i could put my body through that again yeah but now that lasted for a day yeah you, that was know, the, yeah. you slept yeah. and then you were around yeah. again yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're looking up doing um right what's what's, what's next, next? Yeah, yeah what's next so i eventually i signed up for uh martin de Saab, which is uh it's 250 kilometers across sahara desert so Sorry. it's a multi-day event, yeah. What's the heat there, like the when you were running? 45, 50 degrees. Oh, I haven't done it yet. Oh, we haven't done it yet, okay. Because uh, it was COVID. Okay, so, so that, that put it... This is where this happened. So I was in, had a full training block done for it. I was meant to do it in March, no, April of 2020. Okay. And I had yeah. a full training block done. Just came down from the mountain. Um, and I had an email on my phone to say that it was postponed with a month to go to the race. They were sick, right? Oh, it was like, good, yeah. good. And it was more a thing of like, I don't know if I can put myself through that training again. Yeah. Because I had a treadmill in my sitting room and I had a heater on the wall. So I had to heat up to about 45 degrees in the room and you're running with a 10 kilo pack on. Um, and you're running that for like five and six hours at a time. You know? So, like with this with this event it's like a marathon well 35k for the first three days each so you, you run yeah. 35k you stop then you start the next morning 35k stop mm. then the fourth day is like 80 to 90k and then the last day is a full marathon mm. so five over five six days you run 250 odd kilometers across the Sahara desert so but you're carrying your full gear with you everything you need yeah bar a tent and water you carry everything else so you start off your pack could be maximum can be 15 kilos and minimum can be six kilos right so you're gonna have you're gonna have about that weight on you yeah about roughly. 10 kilos yeah starting off so it's just yeah you're running up and down the mountain as well just trying to get elevation in you know you're running the heat 45 50 degrees because that's what it's going to be there and your intake of salts nutrition has to be on point it has to be spot on i'd say it'd have to be yeah. like that could you could risk serious damage i'd say yeah. if you don't have that right yeah that's it exactly so like that was postponed in april it was moved to september then it was postponed again it was moved to march 
this year. It was postponed. It's due to go in October, but I have deferred to March of next year. Okay. So if it goes this October, I shall be going in, in March of so next year. So you going next March? Hopefully. Okay. All going well. So and be well, <laughs> be well trained for now. <laughs> yeah, this absolutely, <laughs> yeah. So, and then in the meantime, you just opted to just do pick, the, the pick, last pick one. Pick up standing. a few other ones along the <laughs> yeah, way. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but what I do as well, um, so Alana's anniversary is the 13th of December. Okay. So what I do, I do, and I run an event, I run on that day. Mm. You know, so the first year, first anniversary, I ran 100 miles around a 400 meter running track, um, my local running track in, in, in Navan and Clermont Stadium. Did, did you know, by any chance was this like uh, on the radio or did you do any interviews about, uh, maybe it's not that run, but it was, I just thought I remembered driving somewhere one day listening to it and listening to, there was some guy on the radio who was doing this, just running, running, running. Uh, was this recently? Could have been, yeah. I, I, my time idea wouldn't be the best now. Would yeah. that have been? Well, like last uh, June, about a year ago, I done twenty four hours around a four hundred meter running track. Where was that? It was in Navan as well. Navan as well. Yeah, I think there was. That does sound familiar now. Yeah, that does. Um, and I just remember hearing it being on the radio. Somebody, I, so it was just somebody was interviewing yourself and just the yeah. background to all of this. And that's. Uh, yeah maybe that was it but that was so that you sorry we'll go back to it was just, that was just that point then um, so that was that that was the alana's first anniversary you did that yeah, yeah. so okay. yeah i just i just i'm not into churches or i'm not into you know going in and getting our names out in mass or any mm. of this like it's just not me at all like so basically this is how i cope with this this day yeah so yeah done 100 miles around a 400 meter running track um and then, was it last year? Last year I ran a marathon up the north. Right. You know? Okay. So just uh, each day, each time on around our anniversary, that's to do market, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Just really something just... that we done together. So it's it's sort of a, a special thing for for me and for for her, like you know. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, and a very special day to be doing it as well. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, no, yeah. That's that's yeah. class. Uh, and then, so as I said we're then okay so we're now into we're coming towards the well I know we're nearly we're at the end of the pandemic now but say we're this yeah. I, 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 I know I keep going back but I, I just I think Shane's doing this man about this this last one standing like what how, what is this thing what is this last one standing is so the last one standing originated from it's called Big Dog's Backyard right so it's in Tennessee um, Lazarus Lake he's the founder of the Barclay Marathon Right. So he created this race of, it's not all about fast runners. Mm. This race is 4.2 miles every hour for as long as you can, up until the second last person drops out. So there is no finish line. So it could go for 20 hours, 10 hours, 30 hours, 40 hours, up until you're the last person. Everyone else in the race is a DNF, which is did not finish. That's that's it. So that's this. it. You get a medal to say you DNF'd, unless unless you're the winner. Unless you're the winner. <laughs> yeah. So it's well, four point yeah, two miles every hour. So like it's six point seven kilometers. Okay. So, so realistically, yeah. you can run. I suppose you could run six. I could run seven k in say forty minutes. Right. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Or less. You know, but if you if you do that increasingly every hour, you're going to burn out. Mm. so it's again it's down to strategy um, how fast you're going to run it um, so if you run it in 40 minutes you get 20 minutes break if you mm. run it in 50 minutes you get 10 minutes break you just have to be at the start line every hour to run it again to go again okay. and it's the same loop every hour and like say how would you have approached that like would it be better to say slow down the actual run and have less of a break than to power through it as you said in like a in a good time and have a longer break would that be like would have been what way would you have looked at that so there's two ways like if you keep doing it in 40 minutes yeah you won't sustain that so you'll end up your times will end up going out and out and out yeah, until eventually yeah. you, you you don't cross the line in that hour because if you don't make it back to the finish line within the hour you're, you're timed out yeah so yeah there's a balance there and if you increasingly come in at like 55 56 57 minutes you're going too slow as well you're not getting rest you're risking it yeah well you're not getting rest yeah. you're not getting time to eat so you can start getting fatigued as well 
Okay. So there is that balance of, right, <clears throat> I can do it, how quick I can do it to, I'm conserving energy and I'm getting sufficient amount of rest. So I was doing my every hour, probably about between 45 and 48, 49 minutes. Yeah. So the longest I slept for was eight, eight minutes. Eight and minutes. that was at hour 49, 50. I just crashed. Like, yeah. Um, I came in, I said to my brother and I just, he just says, lay down there, lay down and just went out cold. And he woke me up and I jumped like, yeah, and, yeah. Uh, he was right, right. Yeah, you, you, there's three, three whistles for three minutes to go to the next hour. Two whistles for two, and then the last whistle is you have a minute to get to the start line to, to go again. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, so there was, I think there was, hundred and twenty or something in this race. It was in Florida Manor. Um, it was, it wasn't. It was a bit of tarmac, but then you go down into a forest. Right. And it's a lot of rocks and tree roots, and it's trail basically. Like the elevation is probably about 80 meters elevation each loop and mm. um, i think accumulated about over 5,000 meters of elevation in the in the whole race Um, you need a head torch at night because if you turn it off you can't see the hand in front of your face yeah it's yeah. black dark and then the more the race goes on the more sleep deprived you get the more your mind plays tries to play tricks on you and the more it just it gets really fucked up like it's um it was insane it was absolutely insane. Um, like I had sort of planned to like get to 48 hours and mm. then just do it hour by hour after that and, and see how we go. Um, I, I knew the, the Irish and UK record was 49 hours. Mm. So with the weather being good um, and it was, it was in May. So darkness was like, it started about 10 o'clock at night, it started to get dark and it was bright then probably about five in the morning half four or five so you're not running the seven hours of darkness but it was still warm yeah, at, at yeah. night um but when you're going into your third night you know you know on the on the second day or the third day they're saying like right we'll have to start charging head torches now there's an awful lot of mind games that goes on in things like this yeah yeah you know so 10 hours before darkness there's lads going right we're going to start charging head torches do you know what i mean just to try and get people to freak out and drop out but um yeah just kept kept strong like you know yeah. strong in mind and you know i didn't get into any mind games with anybody else and people try it but you just like Stuck i don't yeah, yeah i don't like you know i don't rely on anybody else to you know how i look at a race or yeah, how i yeah. perceive perceive a race you know so i'm just focused on myself um don't focus on other people and you know i had i had very good lads there helping me out mm. um you know strong in mind as well and not into like oh how are you feeling right it's like going you're doing great you're doing great yeah. you know it wasn't sort of pointing out areas that like you could be sore or are you sore or anything like this yeah not even letting it not even entertaining exactly. it exactly yeah. so once you don't think about it you just shut it out shut out the pain like everybody at that like at that distance or that length of time running is going to hurt your body's yeah. going to hurt regardless so like you know it's like okay who's going to be mentally the strongest yeah you know um so like there was four of us for the last 20 hours um like uh, Amy dropped out 59 hours she dropped out at 59 hours yeah what, what um, was it, that like what how many hours was your total and how many kilometers or miles whatever was your total finish like when you when you won it uh, my hour was 63 yeah 63 hours yeah that's what's that let me it's two and a half days Two and a, is that right? Like, yeah. is that two and a half yeah. days solid? It'd be yep. coming up, yeah. Or eight minutes give for. or something, is that what you're <laughs> <laughs> A few minutes here and there, yeah. yeah. But you're heading on for, yeah, you're heading on for, um, heading up for three days, yeah. And I think, um, did I see, was it four, 420, is that right? 420 kilometers? Or? 422, I think it was 262 miles. Jesus. Yeah, so it was, it was 10 marathons in three days. 10 marathons in, three in, days. in less than three days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was what it accumulated. Surely it after that one, <laughs> never mind the, the, the 24 hour one, you were like, right, I'm definitely finished now. I can't do this again. No, I actually loved it. Did it? Yeah, so this was loved it. I think yeah. this was the race for me because um, it had no finish line. Yeah. You know, you had to be mentally strong for this race because yeah. you don't know when it's going to end. 
and the way I look at the way I looked at this was like I've trained for hundreds of hours to be here mm. you know I was off work for the week um, and I had nowhere to be right, so, so yeah. why, why, not, why not be here mm. do you know and I didn't see any reason of why I, I needed to stop or I needed to, to give up um, because if I had stopped and went home and the race was still going on I would have been looking at the, the updates on Facebook and I would have been sitting there going I should still be there you know okay so this was just yeah no reason big enough for me to, to, to stop to give it up no yeah. absolutely not like and I think like my whole life experiences you know and what I've sort of come through nothing's ever going to match that you yeah. know physically mentally emotionally nothing's ever going to match that so to be there against other people like what have they got that I don't have you know what I mean mm-hmm. so what gives them the right to be better than me that's just like the mental strength there is absolutely incredible like you know and to finish that or like as as you said it's not even finishing it it's because there is no it's not like you know right this is my target and if I do this I'm finished you know it's yeah. you would just keep going until well, you, you couldn't go anymore well you, you you don't you don't know when the race is going to end until yeah. um, like on the 63rd lap um, GV was the second second last fella and he told me he was finished and you still have to be careful especially yeah, in this race game, yeah so because yeah. if I start to relax and he then he takes off running um, I've completely relaxed and then you start to feel all the aches everything, and pains yeah. and everything so I was still on high alert um, until one of the lads came over and he says yeah he's definitely gone um, he's just get around the lap within the hour and you've won and you know it was it was oh, it was just phenomenal uh feeling getting around the lap and you're just thinking going jeez I better not get lost you know you've ran <laughs> yeah, this for yeah. 63 laps and you still have that feeling of going oh, I better not get lost or I better not go wrong or um but again it's just it's just a sense of accomplishment you know and yeah. I, I don't rest on laurels of like oh I'm brilliant I'm great I'm not like I'm just somebody trying to get through life and doing what I love doing and something that I'm so passionate about like yeah. Um, like I've qualified to run in the world championships now in Tennessee for last one standing mm. and like you race against some of the best ultra runners in the world now you know I was near on the top 10 in last one standing uh, rankings yeah. you know in the world and it's just it's just so surreal to, to feel like that you're you're at that level and you're competing with these people that you've followed on Facebook for the yeah, past yeah. three and four years, like, do you know it's, what I mean? And even for yourself, Keith, like, as I said, it's not yeah. like you're, it's not like, say, as I said, this is your 20th year, kind of, like, Absolutely. five years ago, yeah. this wasn't even, not even in your head, I'd say, to be, exactly. to be sitting here, like, you know, telling me that these are your plans now going forward. So, yeah. no, look, it's <clears throat> just listening there to you, like, you know, the accomplishments you've, like, are surreal, like, they're phenomenal and it's a big, big kudos to you to have, to have got there say from a physical point of view but even just mentally and emotionally how you've dealt with the adversities and the challenges that have been put in front of you and how you coped with with the grief and the pain of Alana and you've challenged or sorry channeled it into like using it for for these kind of experiences to help you grow to help you become a better person and also as you said to give something back through fundraising to to all of the other people who are you know unfortunately maybe in positions that you found yourself in when trying to just make a better life for their kid you know or, and similar situations like that so I just as I said like going forward I know you've got the Sahara race you've got yeah. the last the last one standing now um, again the, the world championship so it's just it's just like big congratulations to you and I, I, I'm in awe after here just listening to everything you've come through there from every aspect from why you started running uh, initially to everything you did with Alana and then everything afterwards and how you've just you know you're, you're using all these experiences you're, you're raising so much awareness on social media you put so much work into it that it's just I just I just wish you all the best with it it's just it's just it. phenomenal Keith and look I think I think as as I said I'm it's been a brilliant episode I'm so happy you came in um, thoroughly thoroughly enjoyed it and just look onwards and upwards for yourself Keith the best of luck with everything so much like so much like as I said, aha, and just inspirational. It's the only 
Brilliant. I, I appreciate it. And like, to be honest, I've got a few sponsors now as well that sort of helped me with my with my running journey yeah. um, to help me go to Tennessee because it, it's not cheap. Yeah. Um, so like, if I can just mention a few of the sponsors that helped me out with. Absolutely. One to one fitness, versatile. Um, 52 for you shopping Navin and Marvel cleaning in Navin as well so they've all come on board with me to, to help me out with funding my my trip to Tennessee and say going forward um, and I, I actually get to earn my first Irish cap now next month to run in the ACP for Ireland so like yeah. again as I said like these things are sort of coming to me. I, I do work hard um, but I would never discover this without Alana so you know, I stopped on the finish line of the marathon in 2017 to give Alana a kiss of how far she has brought me. Mm. Then, like, I've come on so, so much more now, mm. all because of her. So, like, every time I run, it's with her in my heart. And yeah. she'll always be there helping me with that. And I would have never discovered this talent without her. So... Um, that's that's why I'm 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 here today. Like it's unbelievable, yeah. brilliant, Keith. Just look, thanks so much for coming on. Really, really appreciate it. Thanks very it's much. Been a great me. evening. Cheers. Cheers. Lad. Many thanks to Keith for coming on to join me this evening, and for being so brave and open. You can follow Keith's ultra running career on Instagram under his own name also. So that's the end of today's episode. But I'll be back next week with another episode of Let Your Guard Down.